This is the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Collick, the founder of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Kate Lismer, a writer, traveler, mother, and expat. As a woman who lives in a big city and likes to travel, I'm very curious about self-defense. I've never had any training, so I have a lot of questions. And I have a lot of answers. We figured you probably have similar questions too, and so we thought it'd be a great idea to share this conversation and put it in a podcast. So welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I think because of the the Me Too movement, and there's just been, in general, so much more awareness around um, harassment and, you know, women's positions that women are put in that are uncomfortable and even, you know, this like man spreading, you know, and all this sort of, there's more attention now than there ever has been on, um, the women's need to, to speak up and to take up space. And we've Mm -hmm. talked about how in self-defense, like this is, this can be really physical, but I think it can also be, um, you know, mental and there's other ways that women can learn how to take up space. And so in this episode, I wanted you to talk about taking up space in self-defense, but also what that means, you know, for women more generally. In daily life. Yeah. Taking up space for me in self-defense simply means not moving around another person because they've occupied your space. That sounds really confusing, doesn't it? No, I get it though. We... There's a technique that we do in level one of Pretty Deadly, which is right now called the step back. Um, But it was originally called Bitches on the Dance Floor. (laughs) And this is why. So here in Berlin, if you go to nightclubs, um, the, the, the deal with the nightclubs here is that everybody kind of dances by themselves. Right? There's no couples dancing. It's just solo dancing. Nightclubs can get really crowded. And if you get a spot on the dance floor, that can be like prime, right? Sometimes somebody comes along and they take your space, right? And they're not like hitting you with a hip bump because that's the hustle basically if you're from the (laughs) 70s. But so it's a dance and you can dance back. What they're doing is they're stepping into your space and shoving you out of it. And the reason it's called Bitches on the Dance Floor is because my very first group of people that I taught in Berlin all happened to be club goers. And when I was explaining the move, they said, oh, it's like Bitches on the Dance Floor who take your space. So then after a while, we realized it was maybe a little insulting to keep calling it that. So we've changed the name. But it's a stepping, um, if like... For example, a creep slides up next to you at a concert, maybe puts their arm around you, right? And they're standing to your side. They're also starting to take your space a little bit by moving into your space with their hips. They're making a lot of really close contact. So what we teach people to do then is to take your leg that's closest to theirs, that's touching you, step in between their feet, behind their toes and put your heel down make sure that your leg is nice and straight and kind of sink your weight back into that heel it's like almost like a mini lunge right but your weight is on the back leg rather than the forward leg that goes against it doesn't go against it sort of utilizes the balance point of the knee pressing against the knee which takes that person off of your space it's a really effective move even if you're a very small slight person and it takes your space back What we sometimes encounter in Pretty Deadly are people who still have um, difficulty feeling like they have a right to do that. So while they're figuring out the move, they're sort of 
snaking their leg around the other person's leg and their hip is still staying where it is and they're kind of putting their foot down in this sort of acrobatic kind of way that they've contorted themselves into and they haven't affected the other person at all and then they tell me well it doesn't work because they are adjusting themselves to the other person as opposed to simply taking their space Mm -hmm. so when we're talking about taking our own space in self-defense um we're talking about the space that we need to feel safe or the space we need to create in order to get away to safety in daily life i think we have these ideas of taking up space in this sort of large corporate self-empowered feminist way which is great but i think sometimes that that can be so elevated that it feels out of reach to a lot of people, especially if you're dealing with with questions of self-esteem and insecurities or you're an introvert and you just think like, you know, that's not, I'm not that kind of person. I'm not going to take up space. What also requires, I mean, I grew up in a Midwest house where like there's, you know, I would say it wasn't even gender. Like both my parents are very passive, you know, and mm-hmm. I, and not wanting to, like this is an example, but they were staying at a friend's cottage recently and I, I FaceTimed them and they were like hiding in the bed in the dark yeah. because they didn't want to get up and bother anybody. Right. And I was like, oh, like that's where I got that. That is my, right. my first thought. But I'm the same way where it's like, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to offend somebody or I don't. So for me, like learning how to take up space is also learning how to use my voice to not be, a, to set boundaries, right? To learn right. how to... um interact with people in my daily life with without being concerned with like how I'm going to be perceived and I think a lot of women do that you know they're they're so worried about what it's going to look like or being a bitch or being offensive that these are the things that get lost in day-to-day life not just you know becoming a corporate executive right and not just women I mean there's I mean people who are trans people in the LG, any anybody who is marginalized has the same issue because taking up space means shining a spotlight on you and once that spotlight is on you then you can you become vulnerable and that can be quite scary to many of us but we do have a right to take up of our, our own space and i think if it's something that you struggle with one place to start is the amount of space you need to simply survive in the sense of if you drink water you have to lift the glass to your, I mean, maybe you're drinking from a straw, but still, you have to lift, uh, lift the glass to your lips. That's space you're using right there. And you need that space in order to get the glass to your, you need water to survive. When you eat, you need to get the fork or the spoon or whatever it is to your mouth, unless you have no manners, and then you bring your mouth to that. But that even, either way you go, you're still using space in order to survive. We need space just to stay alive and we all have a right to it. If the idea of taking up space seems really overwhelming, this can be a really good way to start. Once we feel comfortable doing that, then we can start taking up a little bit more space. Our personal space is our boundary. It's not, our boundaries aren't just our bodies. They don't just stop at the edge of our skin. They're the space that we need in order to live our lives and feel safe. We have the right to invite people within our boundaries or tell them to get out. People who enter within our boundary space, uninvited, unknown, are not entitled to the same 
the same consideration as people who are invited or who do recognize our boundaries. So if you happen to be in the middle of playing tennis or performative dance or whatever it is, and somebody comes uninvited into your personal space, it's not your consideration whether you accidentally whack them in the face. You're doing what you have a right to do within that space that you occupy on earth. They don't have a right to come and take that from you. And they don't have a right to enter that without your permission. So what would, what would you tell someone who is new to this concept and um, whether they've had some self-defense introductions or not, but just in daily life, what are some ways that we can practice taking up space, even in small ways? Uh, some of the ways that we can practice, hmm, let's see, stand up straight, stand up straight and walk with confidence. I worked briefly with a, with a woman who, um, held a vocal confidence workshop for my group of, of pretty deadly participants. And it was really great. She was saying, she asked everyone to please walk in exactly the same way as somebody that you admire. And so everyone adopted a different kind of walk. And then she said, and just, I forget exactly all the details on the workshop now, but it was great to see the difference in people, you know, the way that they might hunch their shoulders or slouch a little bit and suddenly pull shoulders back, whether the person they were mimicking actually walked like that or not, they were walking like someone they admired which means shoulders automatically come back, spine automatically straightens. The steps automatically become a little more firm and confident. That was really fantastic. And that's a great way to take up space. You're undeniable mm-hmm. when you're like that. She also had us do an exercise about um, telling stories, kind of an, as an improv exercise. And the first time we did it, Everyone felt very shy and unsure of themselves. The second time we did it, everyone told a better story and had a lot more confidence because they already knew what was coming. They had had a little bit of practice. And then she had us all walk around again. And this time, they weren't walking like people they admired. They were walking like themselves. But again, shoulders back, spine straight, at full posture. It was really a beautiful thing to see. So these are ways that we can also practice that. The sto- I'm curious about the storytelling element. Was, would you say that the idea is that um, learning to assert ourselves with our voice and thoughts and ideas is also a form of, of this kind of practice? I wouldn't say learning to assert ourselves. I would say learning to, how would I say it? Um, the difference between the stories that the women told were the first time they were pretty convinced that they couldn't do it. They didn't know how to tell a story about whatever the subject was. Once they had a little bit of practice, the second time they had a lot more confidence. They already knew they could do it. So I think it's more practice rather right. than assertive because, mm-hmm. again, some people, some people aren't assertive and some people do. Maybe they have a naturally very soft voice. You're saying practice these things practice right okay yeah that's that's practice 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 right okay that's really helpful and I think um you know obviously this is a bigger topic you know when it comes Mm -hmm. to um uh social dynamics and there's there's physical space and there's emotional space and you know you could do 100 episodes on boundaries but I think the interesting thing here is 
that all of these ways that we practice taking up space can be applicable in different areas. And you have to just kind of flex that muscle and, and know that it can be part of how you, how you are in the world to feel more assertive or confident. Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-defense program created by a 20-year martial arts veteran and violent crime survivor, Susie Collin, based in Berlin, Germany. You can learn more about Susie and the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense program at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com.